You are listening to The Lego Brick by Dallin Corden and Chris Matson on the BYU Design Review. This narration is provided by Jake Hunter. Before we begin, there are some incredible images in this article that we invite you to view at designreview.byu.edu. Time Magazine ranked Lego the most influential toy of all time. Few of us will disagree. From a design perspective, the genius of LEGO is its impeccable and surprisingly robust modularity. It has made LEGO timeless and the atom of creativity for generations of people all over the world. This was, after all, the goal of LEGO's founder, Olkirk Christiansen, to create the ultimate modular play system. The unusual compatibility of LEGO elements was not an accident that the LEGO company stumbled upon. It was deliberate and thoughtful, and in many ways has enabled it to become the largest toy company in the world. To more fully appreciate LEGO's modularity, let us consider the obvious and non-obvious ways the LEGO element design allows for nearly infinite compatibility. First, there is the obvious modularity, the millions of ways to assemble a set of bricks using the stud and tube interface. Ignoring basic color combinations, there are 915,103,765 ways to assemble six 2x4 LEGO bricks together. This obvious modularity was anticipated by Christiansen and was the genesis of the play system idea. It is what makes LEGO bricks interesting at a basic level that appeals to all ages in every culture. As we all know, This kind of modular building brick means that all architectural styles, all types of vehicles, and all kinds of objects can be modeled at some level with LEGO. Perhaps more important than the modularity just described is the non-obvious modularity. This is what allows creative people everywhere to assemble LEGO bricks in ways the company never anticipated. This is the real magic of LEGO products. To illustrate this, Consider the four-scoop ice cream, an element of the LEGO ice cream cone. The LEGO group's non-obvious modularity allows the ice cream scoops to be lined up such that their top scoops act like studs. Further, the scoops are at just the right height to be integrated fully into the building system. The brilliance of this is that the scoop transcends being just a pile of ice cream. It can now be used for ball and socket joints, smoke billowing from an exhaust pipe, or contrails shooting from a rocket. Because of this non-obvious modularity, every LEGO element can become more than what the LEGO designer envisioned it to be. Imagine for a moment two formidable competitors, Tinker Toys and Erector Sets. Their modularity is, for the most part, only obvious. For Tinker Toys, the poles fit into the hubs, and that's about it. The hubs are pretty much always hubs, and the poles are always poles. For erector sets, nuts and bolts are always nuts and bolts, and the way they are used is obvious and consistent. These elements rarely, if ever, transcend their original purpose. Lego is different, and there's a key reason for it. It's the Lego unit. What enables Lego's obvious and non-obvious modularity is the deliberate choice of, and adherence to, a prescribed geometric basis, the Lego unit. See photos of the dimensioning in the article. As much as possible, 
The dimensions of each Lego element are integer multiples of the Lego unit or clean fractions of it. For example, the height of all Lego studs is one Lego unit. The diameter of all studs is three Lego units. The width of one by how many you want elements is five Lego units. The height of bricks is six Lego units. The height of plates is two Lego units, and so on. Why is this so important? When it's time for a Lego designer to create a new element, like a pile of four ice cream scoops, it's pretty clear what the diameter of each ice cream scoop should be, three Lego units. Thus, the scoop will naturally fit into anything a Lego stud could. Respect for and adherence to the Lego unit has given Lego elements their timelessness and the company its competitive advantage. The first Lego bricks made in 1958 were consistent with the Lego unit, meaning they fit with the bricks made today. As a result, Lego products rarely show up in a thrift store because they don't lose their value. They were just as valuable 50 years ago as they will be 50 years from now. There are thousands of Lego elements all consistent with the Lego unit. Every year the company produces a few new parts, which are added to the family of building elements. Due to their compatibility, the possibilities are much more expansive than their competitors who enter the market with only a few hundred building pieces. Adherence to the Lego unit puts full creativity into the hands of builders. This authenticity in the building system means builders can think differently than the Lego element designers to create truly innovative things. To illustrate what the Lego unit has offered to the world's largest toy company, consider the following. A few key ratios inherent in the Lego unit prove vital in the design of bricks, plates, and other elements upon which the Lego group is established. The most utilized and perhaps intuitively understood is one by three. Three plates stacked add to become the height of one brick. This ratio has become so valuable that the ratio itself has become the basis of another unit of measurement known as the fundamental Lego unit. Similarly, we see that a stack of five plates adds to the same height as the length two by however many elements, as in the same size as the width of a two by four brick, for example. Additionally, as the five to six width to height ratio is scaled up, we can see applications such as some of the images in the article. Most cursory building with Lego bricks involves stacking one atop the other. However, these simple ratio examples become ever more prominent when working with SNOT. SNOT, or S-N-O-T, in the Lego world is an acronym for studs not on top. It is a style of building that, unlike building up, involves building laterally. Arguably, the most well-recognized and influential snot brick is the headlight brick. Invented by Erling Diederichsen, it is also commonly called an Erling brick. While its original design was solely for headlights, it has given way to a wealth of new building possibilities. Elements such as this allow for new intersecting connections to be made while maintaining the key ratios and units that tie the Lego system together all through the Lego unit. See how a similar element with studs on each side, the Travis brick, coupled with simple studs, allows for a structure that perfectly emulates a column. Now, most SNOT or SNOT bricks are made with such functionality in mind. However, due to the adherence to the Lego unit and key ratios, 
numberless elements can be manipulated and placed together in unconventional ways. A push broom head naturally fits into a 2x1 brick. Clips intended for rods and minifigure accessories attached to the inner tubes of one by however many plates and bricks. And panels naturally slide into the underside of a 2x4 brick. Even minifigure's hands at three Lego units in diameter can work perfectly as studs on the underside of a plate, creating a pattern fit for a rooftop or a shag rug. With a system built entirely around compatibility through the Lego unit and its ratios, the possibilities are, quite literally, infinite. So in conclusion, excellent design such as this is deliberate, not accidental. It's planned for and it's thought out. The creation of the Lego unit was not only a meaningful piece of Lego history, but rather a fundamental player in modern Lego design culture. Ultimately, what the Lego unit enables is a play system that truly puts the user in control. It's no surprise the market loves this toy. It's proven so by buying more than 600 billion bricks produced to date, enough for every person on the planet to have 81 pieces.